Your boy Ryan Graham back at it again with a week uh, three preview. That's right. I'm calling it week three because I don't acknowledge the rest of the league. The song was 800 Decibel Cloud, the Rico Harvey Harver remix on uh, 1000 Gex and the Tree of Clues, the remix album. Uh, but that's not why you called. That's not why you're listening. You're listening to hear me. Uh, talk about some football. So let's get into it. We're we're gonna go back to Iowa's loss last week at uh, Northwestern and just uh, just go once over the stats one more time and and kind of get a sense. I, I you heard me talk uh, last week. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. Essentially, my take on the game was there's a problem with the play calling. There's a pro- problem when you're throwing 50 times in a game with a quarterback making his second ever start. Um, it, it, it appears that the team is not very good, uh, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it sucks. If you if you like Iowa, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you do like Iowa, so you're kind of bummed out at this point in the season. And then you have the news that late Saturday night, never drink and drive in Iowa City. Let me tell you something. As somebody who's been doing stand-up comedy for like five years in Iowa, now I'm in Milwaukee, but when I was doing stand-up comedy, every fucking person I know that like did comedy consistently in Iowa City got a DUI. At some point they are they're they're looking for that. Like they are fucking it doesn't matter if you're going, you know, fucking the speed limit. It doesn't matter if if, if your registration's up to date. It doesn't They're going to pull you over and try to get you for drunk driving in Iowa City. For whatever reason, that town is just an absolute trap. I've driven drunk in Cedar Rapids. I've driven drunk in Dubuque. No problems. Let me just uh, be make it clear for the record. I don't drive drunk on a regular basis. If I did, I would lose my job, Okay. But every once in a while, in my younger days, when I was more foolish, I would drive drunk. Don't drive drunk in Iowa City, man. Get a fucking Uber. Now, I'm sure everyone's piling on Amir Smith-Marset. I might have said Ivory Kelly Martin earlier. I'm not sure if I did. Amir Smith-Marset got the DUI. Um, Everyone's going to pile on him. Oh, he doesn't want to be here. Oh, he's quitting on the team. Oh, he's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I think there's a lot of pressure on him being a leader on this team, being a senior who makes a lot of plays, who's an emotional guy, who is dealing with a lot of weird racial tension at the moment at the school, who wants to do better for the team uh, and wants to make big plays. He was probably frustrated, went downtown, had a couple of fucking pops. Did you know? Maybe had a few more than he thought he was going to, got in a car. I mean, it said he was going like 70 and a 30, something like that. That's not a good look. Listen, that's not a good look, okay? It's one thing you get pulled over. You're two blocks away from your house. You were following the speed limit, and you were doing you know everything right, and the cop just was an asshole and decided to, to, to get you. I think, uh, I, I, I think, you know, right now, what Amir Smith-Marset needs is, uh, is support from his teammates, support from... Uh, the coaches, and just go like, hey, man, first of all, you made a bad choice. You fucked up. Not okay. Don't do it again. 
but also we're here for you. You know, we want you to just chill out a little bit here. Chill out. You don't have to have the weight of the world on your shoulders. You don't have to be going out and doing crazy, you know, uh, crazy, God damn it, what's the fucking word? Impulsive things. Sorry, sometimes my brain just doesn't, it just, I, I go, I open the file cabinet to get the words I need and I'm missing one of them sometimes. So that's depressing. So Amir Smith-Marsad gets the DUI uh, following the game. It, 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 you know, Iowa Twitter is in complete panic mode. Fire the Ferences. We're done with this. It, it, it might be Kirk Ferentz's last year as head coach. It genuinely might be. The team did not look good. You look at the box score, you look at the team stats. They had 21st downs to Northwestern's 18, 6 of 17 on third down, 293 total yards to Northwestern's 273. This is a Northwestern team that really doesn't have a great quarterback. They can run the ball fine. They, you know, passing-wise, they don't have a, a whole lot of weapons. Uh, Riley Lees was out for this game. So, I mean, you have... I mean, they only threw the ball for 130 yards, Northwestern did. They won, they beat Iowa. They won a Big Ten game throwing for 130 yards. That's not, uh, there's something wrong there. Iowa only ran the ball, for, and they only ran the ball for 143. I mean, that you know, it's not like, which is a lot. It's a lot of yards to run the ball, but when you're only throwing for 130 and your entire offense is 143 yards, essentially, on the ground. 60 rushing attempts for Northwestern. Three turnovers for both teams. It's going to be interesting. We'll go back to uh, week two here and go through my picks and, and what, I, what I did well. I picked what I did well on and what I did poorly on. I picked Minnesota to win over Maryland. Uh, they did not. There was a come-from-behind uh, fourth-quarter back-and-forth uh, affair, and Maryland was able to pull out the win there, so I'm 0-1. I picked Michigan over Michigan State. I think, like most people, I got that one wrong. Uh, I picked Purdue over Illinois. That was correct. I picked Rutgers over Indiana. I was riding the Rutgers train a little too hard, I think. I think I was riding the... Uh, I got so excited after they beat... Uh, Michigan State in in week one of Big Ten play. I got I got a little excited about old Greg coming back from the dead. Do you love me? Could you learn to love me? All right. Northwestern. I picked over Iowa. I got that right. Ohio State over Penn State. I got that correct. Wisconsin and Nebraska. That game was canceled. Um, as is this week's Wisconsin game. Purdue at Wisconsin is canceled. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, I think it's it's unfortunate for Purdue, who really has a chance to. I mean, if if you're Purdue right now, and this is this goes back to what we talked about with how crazy everything is with COVID. If you're Purdue right now, you're two and zero. Okay, you have an opportunity to go into Wisconsin, but the stadium has no fans. You know, but whatever. It's a road environment. You have a chance to go there and potentially beat Wisconsin. Now, I don't know if uh, Rondale Moore would have played in this game. Maybe, maybe not. 
you had a chance if if you go in there with David Bell, Rondale Moore, and uh, your head coach is back, you have a chance to win that game. I mean, you know, it goes down. We've seen a couple games this year. We thought Michigan State had absolutely no chance against Michigan. They led most of the game. You've seen Indiana pull an upset. We've seen, uh, you know, Maryland pull an upset. I mean, anything can happen on Saturday. Wisconsin turns the ball over a couple times. Uh, they they get down early, and they have to kind of abandon their running game a little bit. You never know what could happen. Purdue had a real opportunity this week, and if I'm Purdue, I'm kind of pissed. Purdue had a real opportunity this week to, to, to launch themselves into the national conversation. If they beat Wisconsin, they're 3-0, and and they beat Wisconsin. Now, I don't know that they're a top 25 team. I don't know that they're a top 10 team. But you look at Purdue, they beat Iowa. They beat Illinois, not by a lot, okay. Illinois, and we'll talk about Illinois in a second here. They have a chance with that victory over whatever, uh, I mean, what what is Wisconsin ranked right now? They're in the top 10. They're ranked number nine. And then uh, this week, let's see, uh, they're ranked number 10, so they dropped a spot, but that game is canceled. If you go 3-0 and and you beat number 9 Wisconsin, first of all, you're now a top 25 team. So Jeff Brom gets to, you know, show that to recruits. Go, hey, look at this. We're 3-0. and We're, we're the, the class of the Big Ten West. But because of COVID, because uh, Wisconsin is is now a COVID hotbed. I know. I got it. I got it about a month ago. Got having a lot of good old boys up north that are not uh, not not down with the mask. We'll say that they're not down with the clown. ICP on a train track. All right. Um. I. So anyway. Purdue, Wisconsin is canceled. I guess we'll get into my, uh, we can get into the predictions now. Fuck it. This will be a little bit shorter of an episode. There's not much to talk about outside of the the DUI arrest, outside of continued losing, outside of bad play calling. I mean, you'd like to see him bounce back this week against, uh, against Michigan State. I think they have an opportunity. We'll get it. We'll dive into the game a little bit more. In a second. But at this point, Iowa's not going to a bowl game. They're 0-2. They have a chance later in the year. I mean, maybe Wisconsin is is back. Maybe Wisconsin, you know, I mean, hopefully Wisconsin is back. Last game of the season, Iowa, or Wisconsin has Iowa at home at Kinnick. Maybe that's an opportunity. But, I mean, you know, an opportunity to, to have a, a, a big signature win for the season or something like that. But, I mean, you look at the rest of the season, they got Iowa at Minnesota. That's next week. Minnesota's been struggling almost as much as Iowa has. They're not doing a whole lot of boat rowing up there in Minneapolis. Iowa at Penn State. I mean, you have a chance there, but Penn State's 0-2. At, at home against Nebraska, at Illinois, and then Wisconsin. And then that's the end of your season. So you got to you, you got to get you got to what what my hope is again I I kind of have looked at this season as a bonus 
as sort of a throwaway, uh, you know, it's not a throwaway because you're getting on, you're getting your players on the field, you're getting experience. Spencer Spencer Petras, this these eight games for Spencer Petras are going to be extremely important. Whether it's you know him or Deuce or whoever it ends up being going forward, hopefully you know it's probably going to be Spencer. But these eight games are going to be very important in in figuring that out. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of this season at this point. It's a very weird. Weird season, you know. You have you always used to have the console, uh, consolation prize of a bowl game, where you go, yeah, well, you know, we might not be in the national championship, we might not be in the final four, we might not be in the, uh, you know, in in the the orange bowl, we might not be on a New Year's Eve or New Year's Day bowl, but hey, we'll go to the Music City Bowl and we'll beat the shit out of some you know American conference team. We'll beat the fuck out of Memphis for 48 minutes. That'll be fun, right? At least we have that to look forward to, but we don't this year. So we're just going to kind of play like six more games and then that's it, and then we're done. And it might not even be six if there's COVID cases. So, you know, I guess I guess let's pick the games. I guess let's, let's dive into the games. Because that's all we really have. I don't know how you draw any uh, long... I, I don't know how you project out the rest of the season to mean anything other than probably uh, it being the end of the Ference rule in Iowa City. Um, I, I, how do, Okay, so let's, let's, let's go with this. How, how does... Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz save their jobs for next season because right now it's looking pretty dire. It's looking pretty dire for the Ferentzes. A lot of grumbling, a lot of people unhappy. Seems like he's lost control of the team. Maybe they just should clear house, get an all-new crew in there, get an all-new coaching staff in there, put the ugliness of the past behind us and just go with a new coach. Who do you... Who do you Who do you hire? I couldn't even begin to tell you. I couldn't even begin to tell you. But I will say this. If Kirk Ferentz wants to save his job, I think it it really rests on the shoulders of Spencer Petras. It rests on the shoulders of this offense. This team is going to need to get at least a couple signature wins or something that that really shows you promise. I think if this team limps to a three and five record, nobody's going to give a shit, and Kirk's probably going to get fired. I think if they go four and four, if they go five and three, I think if they go even, you know, four and four, but they beat Penn State and they uh, they beat Wisconsin at the end, maybe that's enough. But I think it's going to be a slow death, man. I think it's going to be a slow death because you you can't. I mean, the the games where we're really going to know, I think, the game where we're really going to know is Minnesota, it's Nebraska, it's Illinois. Those are three games that Iowa could and, you know, maybe you could argue should win. Iowa, or Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois. I think those three games are going to tell us everything we need to know about this program, this coaching staff, do they still have control over the team? You should go to Illinois. You should go to Champaign. You should steamroll that team. You should put 49 on them. 
like uh, who did that a couple weeks ago? Like uh, Wisconsin did. That's a program that is strong, that's healthy, where, where there's accountability, where people are doing the right thing. If you go to Illinois and you win, you know, 24 to 21, sorry, sorry, Purdue. If you go there and you win, you know, or you lose by three or something, if you lose to Illinois, it's over. If you lose to Nebraska, it's probably over. If you lose to Minnesota, and you know, that's a little bit more of a fair fight, but you got to have a good showing. I mean, this can't be, this can't be the Iowa of, I forget what year it was, 2015 or 2016, where they just had an absolutely, it was CJ Beathard's last year and they just had an absolutely abysmal offense. Could not move the ball to save their fucking life. I don't want to watch that shit, man. I don't want to watch that shit. And as a fan, it's like, you know, I don't care if we win a championship every year. If I cared about that, I'd be an Ohio State fan. I just care about go on the field, have an identity, play tough, play Iowa football, do things right, graduate, the whole thing. Beat some teams you're not supposed to beat. Shock the world every once in a while. It's fun, right? It's college football. But when you're when you're sputtering offensively and you're you're not running the ball and it's just it's like watching paint dry. Now we're not there yet. Okay. We're not there yet. Iowa has scored 20 points in back-to-back games. They really need to score about 28 points. If they would have scored one more touchdown in both of those games, they would have won. They would be 2-0, and but they're not. And that's really the difference in college football. It's, it's a razor-thin margin. So Iowa needs to get to that point where they can, you know, I think their defense has played fine. They don't have a lot of playmakers, you know. I mean, Davion Nixon's a, a star. I think he's going to be a star for this team this season or what's left of it. But I don't really see that on the on the other two levels. But they're playing fine. They're not, you know, they're not they're not allowing forty nine points to Northwestern, like Maryland did. Okay, they're holding their own. It's just Iowa's offense needs to get going. They're not at the point where it's you know, C.J. Beathard getting sacked nine times in a game or whatever the fuck. I don't even remember if that happened. I might have just made that up. They're not at the point like that one Wisconsin game where the only two touchdowns they scored were pick sixes. We're not at that point. But when your best offensive weapon or one of your best offensive weapons, you mean you could argue Tyler Goodson's your best offensive weapon. When your best offensive weapon goes out, gets a DUI a week after, you know, the same night that he was rendered uh, kind of ineffective, not a good look. Well, I guess he wasn't ineffective. He had seven catches for 84, 84 yards. He was a little bit more present last game than he was the game before. I don't know. Let's get into the picks, folks. Hey, let's get into the picks. Week three, Purdue at Wisconsin. Again, that game is canceled. Michigan at Indiana. Michigan is a three-and-a-half point favorite. Now, this is an interesting game. This is an interesting game because 
Let me pull up the matchup here on my phone so I can give you a, a few little stats, a few little stataroonies here. So Michigan, they come out week one. They look sharp. They beat Minnesota. Last week, they lose to Michigan State in a game that everyone and their mother was, like, picking Michigan. Um, Believe it or not, and this is on the ESPN app, 50, 56.8% of people are picking Indiana to win this game. Fifth, more than half of, of the people who voted on ESPN's Wait, no, this is this is according to ESPN's Football Power Index. I don't know what the fuck that is. I have no idea what any of that means. But that's kind of the the popular pick. And you look at the matchups, Michael Penix Jr., 36 of 62, 408 yards passing, four touchdowns, one pick. Milton for Michigan, 47 to 73, 525 yards, just one touchdown. I think this is a game that comes down, you look at points per game, identical, 36 and a half. This could be a game that goes into overtime. I don't think any, I, I really think this is a good matchup. I'm going to go with Michigan. Um, and, and really just for, like, th- there's a good chance that this game turns into a shootout. There's a good chance, that, I mean, both of these teams average 36.5 points a game. There's a good chance that it's 35-35 at the end of regulation. We're going to overtime, and it's going to be a crazy barn burner that's going to be so much fun to watch, and we're going to watch the fucking highlights uh, on on YouTube you know, years from now and be like, oh, yeah, remember that crazy game? It could be that, or it could be Michigan-Minnesota where Michigan just kind of, kind of runs away with it, like kind of. Like it's 49-35. to 35. There's, a, there's a big chance that that could be the the final score where Indiana just doesn't score on a couple of their possessions and then Michigan marches down the field and just keeps on scoring and uh, that's where we're at, you know. Michigan averages 466 yards a game, 466 to Indiana's 279. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know. Indiana beat Penn State. They They really... Really, uh, I mean, they had to play a perfect game, and they did, essentially. Because they were not moving the ball against Penn State as much as Penn State was moving the ball against them. And then they come back, and they beat Rutgers last week. I'm going to pick Michigan in this game. Michigan's favored. I I think probably it's going to be Michigan by 10, something like that. Um, that's, That's the feeling I have on this one. Then you have uh, Michigan State at Iowa. We'll save that one for last. Let's go to Nebraska Northwestern. This one I have absolutely no feeling on whatsoever. Uh, the Cats are a popular pick here. They're 2-0 and on the season. Uh, Peyton Ramsey doing enough. He's only got one touchdown, one interception. Um, Martinez for Nebraska. They've only played one game, remember? He was 12 for 15 for 105 yards. I I don't really know much about Nebraska going into this game, and the reason is because Nebraska was supposed to play Wisconsin, and guess what happened with Wisconsin? Well, everyone has got COVID, and it's my fault because I've been a super spreader doing stand-up comedy in the state of Wisconsin. I, I think uh, my, my gut tells me the Cats... But you know what? My gut has told me a lot of things this year, and uh, currently on the year, I am 7-6 and six overall in my picks. So I'm just going to pick 
Nebraska just because college football is weird. That's why I'm picking Nebraska because everyone's picking Northwestern. I don't really believe in Northwestern's offense, and I could see Nebraska coming in and scoring more points than them. That's what it comes down to, honestly. I could see them winning 17 to uh, 13, something like that. I could see them winning 21 to 20, just like the, you know, Northwestern did the week before. I think Northwestern just has a lack of skill position talent. I think, you know, overall, I don't know. Fuck it. I'm just picking Nebraska. Ohio State Rutgers, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I've been a fan of Rutgers, uh, you know, this season. I want to see them do well. I don't like... I like watching bad teams get better. I really do. I like when, you know, Purdue can beat Ohio State or when uh, Illinois pulls off an upset at Wisconsin or something. That's fun. I like that. I'm a fan of the Big Ten. I just like to see good games. I don't think this is going to be one of them. I think Ohio State, this is not the year. Not the year for Rutgers. Maybe down the line. Maybe five years, seven years from now. That's how long long it's got to be. It's going to be a long time for, for uh, you know, old Greg to rebuild that program. But I think he can do it. I think he'll be competitive. I think he could be a, a, a Maryland every couple of years, you know, win seven games, something like that. Get a get a dynamic athlete at quarterback and, and really, or, or, you know, a dynamic athlete at running back or just a couple good, really good skill position transfers, grad transfers from other schools. And they could go seven and five or six and six, and maybe they maybe they pull off that big win against Ohio State three years, four years, five years down the line. This is not it. It's not happening this year. There's no chance. No, there's no fucking chance in hell that Rutgers is going to beat Ohio State. Illinois, Minnesota, Minnesota at Illinois. Now this is an interesting one, and I'm going to pull up the stats here without even looking at the stats. Minnesota's defense has been bad. Bad, 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 bad. It's really not, you know, Tanner Morgan, th- their offense. Ibrahim uh, has, has run the ball real well, six touchdowns. You have a, a guy with the last name Epstein as the running back for Illinois, Mike Epstein. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, keep him away from islands is what I say. Uh... So, let's look at the stats here. Illinois coming in averaging 15.5 points a game. Is that good? No. No, that's not. Points allowed per game, 38. Minnesota, however, in terms of points allowed per game, is coming in at 47. So, they, they gave up a shitload of points to Michigan, and then they gave up a shitload of points to... Who'd they lose to last week? Who the fuck they lose to last week? Oh, Maryland. A lot of people are, are going to pick Minnesota in this game, and they're going to go, well, this is the game where P.J. Fleck gets the team right and, and, and figures things out. I'm real tempted to pick Illinois here. Illinois is who I have circled. Let's try. Let's see if I can talk myself out of it. Total yards per game, pretty even. 388 for Minnesota. Illinois, 345. Running the ball, uh, 195 yards per game for Minnesota, 154 for Illinois. Uh, passing, they're almost identical. Oh, yards allowed passing, they are identical. Three, 309.5 is how much they're allowing through the air. 
So this is going to be a game that comes down to just, you know, who has the better quarterback, who can make more plays, who can who could put, you know, potentially put up 35 or or whatever amount of points that it's going to take to win this game. I, I probably trust Minnesota more than I trust Illinois. I really want to pick Illinois. Uh, and their running back, Mike Epstein, young Jeffrey Epstein. But I just, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm going back. I'm, I'm putting an X over Illinois, and I'm picking Minnesota. I talk myself out of it. There's no way. There's no way. There's not, I mean, it, it, it's just a, a team that is struggling to find its identity versus a team that has absolutely no identity in Illinois. And it's like you got to think, well, at least one of them kind of sort of has a direction that they're trying to head in. It's probably going to be Minnesota. They are favored by seven points in that game. Maryland at Penn State, we don't know what to think about Maryland, I guess. I mean, they put a lot of points on Minnesota. They won the game late. Road game in the Big Ten. It's just it was a, it was a wild Friday night finish that some of you probably saw. Uh, since it was a Friday night game. I thought, I, I mean, I'm looking at this line here. Penn State is favored by 25 points. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, folks. They're a much better team than Maryland, but I think Maryland's going to put up a fight. Ultimately, Penn State's 0-2. 97.1% of people think Penn State's going to win this game. It's going to be Penn State. They're going to get off the schneid at 0-2. Uh, I think they have a better chance to do that than Iowa does. Let's talk about that game. Let's talk about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Your Iowa Hawkeyes. You think I could be the, the next announcer? I think I say the F word a little too much to be the next announcer. I don't think they would like me. So, Iowa's predicted to win this game. They have a, let's see what the spread is here. They're predicted to win by 7 or 6.5, depending on who you ask. The numbers moved a little bit. Spencer Petrus on the season, not great. 48 of 89 passing, 481 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Rocky Lombardi, 48 of 75. An Iowa kid, six touchdowns, two interceptions, 642 yards through the air. That, that matchup right there, I do not like. Rocky Lombardi, six six touchdowns, two interceptions. To Spencer Petrus, one touchdown, three interceptions. And you can look at what teams both of these guys have played, and it's even less encouraging for Iowa. Tyler Goodson, 29 carries, 120 yards. You heard. You heard. Sorry, this uh, water bottle that I'm drinking a protein shake out of is leaking. Um, you heard what I said last uh, last week about Tyler Goodson. He needs to get the ball more. Sam Laporta, 11 catches for 117 yards is your Iowa Hawkeyes leading receiver. Fuck, this is really leaking all over the place. Uh, it's all over my pants now. So... I think Sam Laporta, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at him to be the next guy uh, at tight end for the Hawkeyes. And, and uh, you know, 
other than that, I mean, in terms of offensive players, he's really the guy that I look at and go, yeah, he's 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 had the best season probably out of. I mean, him and you know Goodson, Goodson in in limited opportunities. At least I think he should have got more opportunities in in week one in the fourth quarter, and he should have got more opportunities last week. Both of those guys have really flashed, have really shown a lot of potential, a lot of promise. They're guys that I I look at and I'm like, you know, I'm excited about both of these guys. As for the rest of the offense, offensive line, Kronk, the the right tackle has been struggling. He got benched. Um, Spencer Petrus is struggling. The receivers are not getting open. Got a lot of issues on the offensive side of the ball. Total yards per game, Iowa 376. Michigan State, 409. Total yards passing, 240 for Iowa, 321 for Michigan State. 136 on the ground for Iowa, 88 on the ground for Michigan. I think, I mean, here's just without, without even, and we're going to dive into Michigan State here. The Michigan State game, or the, the, the Rutgers game that they lost, right? 38-27. Everyone goes, what in the hell is wrong with Michigan State? In that game, they outgained Rutgers by 100 yards. They had seven more first downs than Rutgers, 23-16. to 16. In terms of yards per pass, they averaged 7.4 to Rutgers 5.7. They only ran the ball for 50 yards, which they were able to rectify against... Michigan, because they didn't get behind early. They were, in fact, ahead. Only averaged 1.3 yards per rush in that game. And they turned the ball over, as most of you remember, seven times. Seven turnovers. You're not going to win any games turning the ball over seven times. So then they go back, you know, they, they, they try to figure some shit out. They go back against Michigan who everyone and their mother is picking them to just get demolished by. And instead, you know, of running the ball for 50 yards, they run for 126. They throw for 323 yards. They got up early in this game. Let's see. Second quarter, uh, Michigan State was up. Then Michigan tied it in the third. They got up. Okay, so they got up in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't, it wasn't, they didn't have the lead most of the game. They had the lead at the end of the third quarter and then scored a touchdown. Um, yeah, so uh, this was a game where they were making big plays. They were, their offense was clicking. I mean, they scored in every single quarter. You had Rocky Lombardi, 17 for 32, 323 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, an average of 10 yards per completion, 10.1. You had the receiver White, Ricky White, had a big game, eight catches, 196 yards, and a touchdown. All of this kind of sounds like uh, Michigan State when I look at this team and I look at the roster and I look at at, at the you know the playmakers on the outside. It's very like Purdue-y. I'm getting some Purdue vibes. I'm getting some Purdue notes from the as uh, from the the wine glass. I I, I kind of think it might be a 27-24 loss for Iowa. However. I think with everything, with with their back pushing, I mean, think about 
where Kirk Ferentz's mind is at this point. Where Kirk, Fer- I mean, he's a legendary coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach. He's a guy that will, I mean, will go down as, it, it, as far as right now, maybe, I mean, arguably the best coach in Iowa history. Maybe Hayden Fry. I mean, I don't know. It's up for a debate. He's got more wins, right? So, I don't know. I mean, this is a guy who, it's like, how much pride do you have, Kirk Ferentz? And I think he's got a lot. He's a guy that could have gone to the NFL multiple times, decided to stay in Iowa City. For me, this is, this means more to Kirk Ferentz in Iowa than it does to the new coaches at Michigan State who are just trying to figure shit out. I mean, they just lost to Rutgers, turned the ball over seven times. Now they just beat a top 25 team. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Now they're coming into Iowa. I think from an emotional point of view, you got you to take these things into account when it comes to football. It's an emotional game. I think Kirk Ferentz is going, listen, everyone's saying I'm getting fired. Everyone can go fuck themselves. I'm not going down without a fight. I think that's where Kirk Ferentz is going is, is to come into the locker room or, you know, is coming into practice this week just with a, a fuck it attitude of like, you know what? Everyone says I'm gone. Let's go out there and fucking fight. Let's give them, uh, you know, let's, let's give them both barrels and go down swinging. And I think against a Michigan State team, you can kind of say that and you can rah-rah and rile your guys up and get them excited and you can go win 24 to 21 or something. You can go, you know, you can have a great defensive performance and really uh, shut down Michigan State. I don't know if they're going to do that. I think Rocky Lombardi is going to make some plays. You just need to make more. It's going to be another game in the 20s, most likely. I'm going to give Iowa the edge because I think they're going to I think they're going to look at I mean how much how much more glaring can you make it when you throw the ball 50 times and you only run the ball what 22 or whatever it was. That's pretty goddamn glaring. So when you're Brian Ferentz and you're standing there asking you're answering questions at the end of the game I think everyone I think everyone's kind of sending you the, the message, "Hey, maybe it's time to fucking run the goddamn ball." I think this is going to be a huge game by Tyler Goodson. I think Michigan State is going to be committed to stopping the run, which is going to give Spencer Petras some more wide-open guys running downfield. I think Nico Regani might make some big plays. I think, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Brandon Smith can, can contribute a little bit more. Um, Sam Laporta is going to keep chugging along, doing his thing. But I really think that this is uh, this is one of those games where you, you need about – Two big plays offensively. You know, either either big, long touchdown completions or runs or something that you, you, you got to get a little spark. You got to get a little, something, special teams, a blocked punt, uh, a punt return that gets you in really good uh, position. You need something beyond what you've been doing because I don't trust this offense to consistently finish drives in the end zone. I just don't. And... This defense is is trying their best, but they're going to probably allow twenty one to twenty four points, twenty maybe twenty eight, something like that. If you get into twenty eight range, that's when we're going to have some problems. But I look at, I look at this game. I think this is a, a, a this is Kirk Ferentz's last stand. 
It really is. I mean, when you think about it, like this is the time. This is the he's got five games to, or you know, four six games to prove that he should still be the coach at Iowa. That he is, you know, that he can field a team that's competitive in the Big Ten still after all these years. Whether it happens or not, we'll find out Saturday. That's the end of today's podcast. Hey, let me tell you real quick. Unfortunately, I'm going to, you know, things might change. Who knows? I have a full-time job. Uh, essentially, my job, I, I, I'm, I get paid salary. Every once in a while, I need to work Saturdays. This weekend is one of those weeks. So, unfortunately, there's not going to be an instant reaction podcast. There's a, a, an order in that I have to go to a store and merchandise. Uh, the order is coming in at guess when? 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. So, uh, unfortunately, I do have to be there. I'm not going to be able to watch the game. I will try to listen to the game. I will try to get the, the uh, you know, I know Big Ten does like, uh, you can watch the whole game in 60 minutes or whatever that, that uh, you know, thing that they do. I'll, I'll try to tape the game. I mean, nobody has a VCR anymore. I don't know if that's, I don't have DVR. So, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to actually watch the game. Um but I will be following along as the day goes on, and I, I'll try to get you something on Saturday night. I might not. There might not be an instant reaction podcast. If you're wondering why, that's the reason why I got to work. Got to put money on the table. Uh, so I appreciate you guys listening. Please, if you like the podcast, uh, send it to a couple friends or uh, uh, share it on your social media. You can follow me on social media at Ryan Graham Comedy on Instagram. That's sort of my main hub where I post a bunch of whatever. Um, and then uh, if you'd like to follow this podcast on Twitter or have some Hawkeye conversations or ask a question or, you know, whatever you want to do. I think I have six followers on Twitter now. Uh, the the at on Twitter is at Hawken Podcast, I believe. Let me Let me make sure. Let me make sure about that. Are you sure about that? I am not. Hawken podcast yeah h-a-w-k-i-n podcast on twitter one of my neighbors is smoking weed i can smell it i'm about to call the freaking cops man so hawking podcast on twitter um again i have like six followers i try to keep it civil on twitter i try to make a few jokes lighten up the mood um if you guys can follow me there, that'll help me out. That's going to be it for today's podcast. Go Hawks. I'm picking Iowa. Hopefully we can get that W in Kirk Ferentz's last stand. Goodbye, everybody.